going on, everybody? Uh, this is Eldar and Vaughn, and uh, you're listening to Eldar Talks Games Industry, the comprehensive audio podcast on the video game industry. This is part two of our 100-hour game special. I know last time um, we got together and talked last month, we kind of went over a lot of pretty important games, like from like The Witcher, and I don't really know what else. But what I do know is that we ran out of time because the episode went like an hour and... I think 15 minutes or something like that. So this is part two of that. Um, quick update on my end. Uh, the show flow has changed a little bit. What we're doing kind of in the very beginning of the show is I'm giving the reins to Vaughn, who I haven't, he hasn't said anything yet, but he, I promise you guys he's on, he's on this episode <laughs> and he's going to give an update on a lot of the other podcasts he, he does. He does go beyond, which is a, uh, my hero academia episodic format podcast. And he also does indie pod. And yeah, so Vaughn, I know you haven't said hello yet, and that was quite a mouthful, but if you could say hello and give everybody an update on what you've been working on uh, the past month and, well, let's just say the past week on your other podcasts. Uh, So hello, I'm Vaughn. If you've listened to, you know, the past like four or five episodes, I've also been on them. So there you go. I have multiple other podcasts. Uh, like you said, I have Go Beyond, which is a My Hero Academia podcast where we go through each and every episode of My Hero Academia, including like differences between the anime and the manga, fan theories, uh, often a lot of critical analysis. That's what I do with Chris Penwell at Penwell Writes on Twitter if you want to hit him up. Um, I very much enjoy that podcast. We're both big fans of My Hero Academia. So, that is super, super fun, especially since the series just keeps getting weirder and weirder. But sadly, we are only in season two. So we're about 16 episodes in, I believe, is the time of this recording. So I'd recommend people go and check that out. Catch up with the old episodes so you can hear me whine about how Shoji's quirk dupla arms somehow is a universal remote. And that doesn't make any sense. And all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> and... I also have uh, another podcast called IndiePod, which is like a long-running podcast. We're actually coming up on episode number 100 pretty soon, which I'm very excited about. It's kind of weird to think that I've been doing that podcast with Josh for almost two years. But uh, every week, we bring you all of the indie games news that happens in that week, or at least we try to for the most part. Things slip through the cracks, sadly, because there's so many indie games. But we try to do our best. Uh, We also talk about indie games on crowdfunding sites, and we answer listener questions on each and every episode. And we've also been putting out a bunch of developer interviews that Josh has been doing, like every week. And we put those out on Wednesdays versus our normal episodes on Fridays. Uh, As of this recording, we're on episode number 92. So we're eight weeks away from 100, which I'm actually working on something very special for our episode 100, kind of like take off like our bash kind of a thing i'm i'm really excited about it i'm reaching out to like a bunch of big names in the industry so i can make something cool um but other than that i haven't been doing a whole lot i guess just playing a bunch of indie (laughs) games um i i of course do this podcast and after uh tomorrow the day after we record this i will be guesting on a podcast called active quest which is a bunch of my friends if you listen to indie pod we talk about them a lot they talk about us a lot we have got this bromance going on, but it's uh, Chris Penwell, Josh, n- sorry, Josh Nichols. I was going to say Needish, but that's my Josh, not their Josh. And uh, Joseph Yaden, they do a weekly video games podcast. And I'm actually going on there as a guest for their Last of Us 2 spoiler cast, which I'm super excited about. But yeah, 
there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> and as we go into like more for IndiePod, we're actually going to be putting out more and more content. So I'm just going to get busier. I'm excited for it, but I'm also kind of dreading it at the same time. Um, so when you're not podcasting, um, what do you, what are you playing for leisure or do you, do you even play stuff for leisure anymore? Or is everything kind of feeding into like knowledge for indie pod or, well, or, or even like your AAA pursuits? Like I know you're doing that last of us two spoiler cast, but are you playing anything like that's like, I guess my question is, what are you playing that you're enjoying? Like, for example, um, I just recently, I think I'm at the end game of Okami. But I'll give my thoughts on that after I get your update. What are you playing? What are you playing? I for the like the beginning of this month, I was actually playing a lot of Dragon Age Origins. Um, I <laughs> kind of like it. I It's a weird story. I kind of messed up and didn't start actually playing something until way later. And it was really stupid. But um, I was playing Dragon Age Origins. I'm a huge fan of the series, which we'll actually talk about in today's episode. And I bought it on PC. I bought all the games on PC, all their DLC really started hopping back into that. I love the mm. actual kind of like gameplay and the mechanics of playing on PC versus like only having played on consoles beforehand. But to answer your question, do I have any like games I can play for leisure? Not really, sadly. <laughs> uh, I mostly just play indie games, which is still like, it's not necessarily like leisure um, because it's more of like, I have to play them, but they're still fantastic. Right now I'm playing... Uh, a bunch of indie games I can't really talk about, with the exception of Panzer Paladin. Um, I have, I played it, I talked about it on episode number 92 of IndiePod, and I'm going to be playing more of it to give more of like an update on episode number 93. I'm very much enjoying it. I like the dynamic between um, both the like robot and the pilot. I believe it's Flame and Grit, but I'm not 100% sure. I accidentally messed it up on IndiePod and said her name was Ember, and it's not, it's Flame. So, but overall, I very much enjoy that game. I think it's a lot of fun. But yeah, most of my time is spent playing indie games for indie pop. I I think if you had recently listened to the episode of Eldar Talks Games, uh, episode fourteen, I talked about coronavirus and how it has personally affected my gaming schedule, and how whenever we first went into quarantine, I took it as an opportunity to play a lot of games that have been sitting in my emotional and spiritual backlog. Hell yeah, that term. And uh, yeah, stuff like, you know, um, Link to the Past, um, Metroid Prime, uh, God. But anyway, right now I'm at um, Okami HD, and it's a, it, it's a Capcom game that, you know, features the, the, the Sun Wolf, right? Uh, Amaterasu. And it was one of those games where every time I talked about it or wanted to play it, I quickly kind of talked myself out of it because it was a really long game. Or at least that's what I've heard is that that game was about 40 hours long and fucking surprise. It is 40 hours long. I'm at hour 37. I'm at the final dungeon. <laughs> and boy, when a game shows you everything it has to offer at hour 15 and you're at hour 35, like, like tapping your foot, like actually I'm tapping my foot, like trying to get this game to be done with. I don't dislike it, but man, it just overstays its welcome. And also even though it's an old game, it has a way of restarting its storyline three times. And you fight the same boss that takes like 20 minutes three times throughout the story. It's a whole heaping bag of fun. But um, when I'm done with that, I'm going to be playing and finishing another game that is actually the subject of our video game hard mode 10 questions. 
Now, Vaughn, oh, you're asking me. You're sitting here and you're like, what are you talking about? Okay, so our third segment of this show that I think is going to be super fun. So you know how GameScoop, IGN's GameScoop, does a video game 20 questions, right? Well, we are going to be doing a video game 10 questions. It's the exact same format, but you only have 10 fucking questions to get the game. <laughs> it's going to be super I'm fun. I'm so not excited for this. Jeez. You have you have the game. It, it, well, it's in my head, right? It's 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 raring to go, but you have 20, 10 questions, and I kind of sprung this on you in the pre-show. I, I had the idea, and I just kind of hit you with it, so I don't know if you've had time to think of your 10 questions. But every single episode, we're going to be doing a industry 10 questions on hard mode. I haven't figured out the name yet. Bear with me. I'll have a name next time. It'll be, it'll be hopefully good. But uh, yeah, the game is on. Try to guess the game in under 10 questions. So, and these are only yes or no questions, right? I can't ask you anything <clears throat> like what platform is it on? Yeah, no, it's yes or no. <laughs> ah, damn it. You got it. You can do it. I'm, uh, was it, has it come out in the last two generations of consoles meaning the basically like 360 xbox one kind of a thing no <laughs> oh and also this oh, could be shit. moved to the end of the show just depending on flow i'm not 100 percent sure but we'll figure it out bear with me for for now we'll start talking about 100 hour games right after vaughn either guesses it or doesn't guess it that's one quite that's one i'm I'm almost 100% sure I'm not going to guess this, especially because 90% be of my video game knowledge comes from... Oh, man. This will be interesting. Um, Is it exclusive to a console? No. Okay, so it's like uh, it's a third-party game, I'm assuming. Um, Well, I guess third-party yes. kind of ridiculous. Yes, uh, so... that doesn't count as a question. You still have eight questions. Okay, okay, I still got eight questions. Damn it. I never actually up a logo thought, like... It. Yeah, like, thinking about video game 20 questions on GameScoop, I'm like, I never actually well, thought okay, about so, how freaking so hard this is. It's super hard, but think about it this way. You already know that it's not a new game, right? So you know it came out before 2005, right? You have that to go off of. It's not much to go off of, but it is what you have to go off of. Yeah, and it's a third-party game. Yeah, you narrow it down by like third party, first party, and then you narrow it down by like gameplay and then characters. Yeah, come on. Man, I have faith in you. This is interesting. You have mm-hmm. faith in me? Okay. Absolutely. Um That's not a trying that's to not a hint. Games <laughs> that you like to play. Is it an is it an action RPG? No, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not an. It's, <laughs> it's not an action RPG. Oh, so it's an RPG though. Are you asking? Does that me? count as one of my questions? I didn't mean it to be a question. No, that's not a question. <laughs> okay, you still have seven. You still have seven questions. Okay. Um, and it's not exclusive to a console. Has it come to current gen consoles as like a port? It wasn't originally released on them, but has it come to them? And I mean current gen consoles as in like basically what I meant before. So from when like the 360 no. PS3. The answer port. is no. No. <laughs> Six it. questions remaining. 
Jesus. I haven't what figured out what the prizes are. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious. It'll be, it, well, it will be obvious. Time it will, will be tell. Obvious? Ah, fuck. It's, it's an RPG. Um, does it have, <laughs> is it not necessarily, uh, <laughs> is it not necessarily turn-based, but has this weird turn-based battle system where your enemies what? constantly move and then you have to make choices? That sounds what really weird. I'm question. trying to narrow it down to ask if it's Chrono Trigger. It it's Chrono Trigger. See? Yes. <laughs> you got the first one in five questions, dude. Yeah, it's Chrono Trigger. Did I give it away? Did I give it away with the whole yeah, time thing? I did. I was like, I got it. It's Chrono Trigger. <laughs> God. That, damn it. Show host error. That's 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 fine. Anyway, that okay. Cool. Well, yeah. to be clear, the reason I asked about current consoles is because tech, like what I was counting in that was the 3DS mm -hmm. and or tech, I guess the 2DS is, or the DS is also on there and it is on DS and it is also on PC. You, so that's you, that's why I was trying to like narrow it down. Mm. I thought it was Chrono Trigger actually when you said it was an RPG. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, so well, it came out in 2009, right? So I don't consider that in the last generation. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really know. There's, there's kind of like, it's, I, I it's get old. What you mean. I guess yeah. last port was iOS. You know, and that was like forever ago. Anyway, my point is, yeah. So, um, maybe I need to. I think it, I, I don't know if you would have got it if I hadn't given you the time thing. I think you would have. I think so. I think it's I might have. Game. I was gonna ask if it had come to PC with like the RPG no. thing. I was gonna ask if it come to PC, and not many like old school RPGs are actually coming to PC now, but Chrono Trigger did yeah. like two years ago, three years ago. So I feel like once I you, might have narrowed it down. Once you start getting into the weeds of like, you know, how the, what kind of battle system does it have? And then I have to be like, it's kind of turn-based. And you're like, wait, what does that mean? See, well, that's why I that asked that weird-ass question, because Chrono Trigger has the weirdest battle system where it's not actually turn-based. It's like active battle. Active, so your enemies yeah. can constantly attack you, and you like if you just sit there, it's not going to wait for you to make a move. You actually have to no. fight, which I think is cool. It's pretty cool. And there's like a new I'm... game coming out uh, called Haven, who has a very like similar uh, turn-based battle system, I guess. I did not know about that. I might have to look that up. But either way, so that was um, name pending uh, industry. 10 hard i don't know well that that sounded weird but yeah so <laughs> we'll figure it out we'll figure it out from there um anyway let's go ahead and dive into the main crux of this episode and we're going to be talking about the last nine hundred hour games that we really liked um and maybe you dive a little bit more into the meta behind how hundred hour games have affected us in not only our youth, but maybe kind of during our adolescent come up and how 100-hour games are perceived in a post-COVID era, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that. Uh, but the first game, and it's, it's one that you mentioned, I think, in the first five minutes of the podcast, is uh, Dragon Age. I wrote the series, but I know right now you're playing Origins. And it was, I was, I'm a little surprised that you, you were able to spend over 100 hours on Origins. I know it's a 30-ish hour experience. Do you want to talk about what it what was it about that game that not only kept you coming back but kept you coming back through multiple iterations on kind of like an Elder Scrolls level? 
I don't uh, honestly I think it was kind of like the the world of Thetis and and like everything I've I've always found it so interesting um I I I've loved Dragon Age for a long time when I initially got Origins was actually like right when it released I asked for it for Christmas because of the trailers that were put out and there were like these really really cool live action trailers so I expected it to be something like like this like an action RPG or or something really crazy. And then I remember getting it and playing a little bit on my 360. And I was like, this game is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And I actually didn't like it when I first played it. I, I kind of like poo-pooed it. I wasn't into it. Um, I thought it was like too slow. I was hoping, because this is when like I was in the height of playing Fable 2. And I thought it was going to be something like that. So I picked this game up and it's, not like that at all. It's much closer to like a turn-based battle system than anything. Like you can constantly pause and unpause, but for the most part, you just make like a like a few decisions on abilities and overall your character, just like the battle system, you just attack like with basic attacks and then you use kind of like it's it's in a sense kind of like most MMOs, how they have tab targeting and ability cycles where you just use an ability, you use like basically a couple basic attacks and then you can use another ability once that cools down that's kind of the same like gameplay that dragon age has or at least in the first game it has it actually changes uh for two and inquisition but i really fell in love with the series i i love the lore of it i think in the first series you're a gray warden which i've always thought was really cool because it's basically like the blight which is kind of like in a sense like the zombie virus is taking over the like the entire stretch like the entire continent basically trying to take over the world for the most part and you play a character who has purposely infected themselves with like darkspawn blood with this like weird taint so that you can fight the darkspawn and you're a specialized warrior to do that specific thing and i just think that's so cool like it's it's so interesting and so awesome, and I I've, I've heard always it be compared loved the to, story in the world. I've heard it be compared to kind of like Game of Thrones storyline. Is that would you say that's accurate? Just curious. I mean, it could be. Um, I've I've never read the like the books, the Song of Ice and Fire, and everything. I've seen the show all the way through. Um, yeah, I don't think it's as dramatic, honestly, and it's not. Well, actually. Now that I think about it, the whole like no character is off limits thing, 100% true. They kill so many people in Dragon Age, especially in Dragon Age 2, that I'm like, holy shit. Like that mm. stuff is crazy. Dragon Age 2 goes off the rails. Like they kill a lot of awesome characters and I didn't expect it. But yeah, um, I, I personally... I enjoy it much more than Game of Thrones. I feel like that also kind of like has a like a nostalgic like tint to it but i i honestly i've just been such a huge fan of the dragon age series for the longest time i even read the comic books because i love that world so much i think the idea of like blood magic is so cool the whole like magic structure of the game where people with magic are actually persecuted and they're locked up in towers basically and they're treated like second class citizens because they're so powerful like the the religious sect the chantry basically fears them so they lock them away in towers like fucking old school villains and princesses like some weird shit and i've always loved that i thought 
that was so awesome. And I think it just has this rich, amazing backstory of basically like there's another you you're in a continent and there's another continent near you. Um, there are like multiples. So there's like, I, I believe Tevinter and Orlay are actually two different places, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I think actually Tevinter Imperium was part of Orlay. I'm that's, I need to brush up on my dragon age facts to be completely honest. I, hmm. that's what I'm trying to do with origins, but, and it comes a lot actually in inquisition, but, um, you basically the, the story with the dark spawn starts because these Tevinter mages who are incredibly powerful mages. And they come from a, basically like this society of slavery. And like, instead of oppressing those with magic, they're kind of bolstered up and they become these great leaders uh, multiple Tevinter mages decided that they wanted to like enter heaven for the most hmm. part. And so the way they did so was traveling through the fade, which is kind of like this dreaming, like this magical world that's attached to the living world. Um, it's kind of like a spirit world in a sense where like most magic is derived and like they that. went through the fade to get, yeah, it's really cool. And they went through the fade to get to the golden city. And the second that they stepped, like they stepped foot in the golden city, which is essentially heaven. It was tainted and they became the first dark spawn. They were mutated because of their greed and then sent back to earth by the maker who is like their version of God. And then the dark spawn blight began. And it's just so interesting. Like they were forced into the deep roads, but then they basically like use corpses and manipulate and all sorts of shit to, to create this massive army with these like eldritch gods called archdemons to lead them. It's like, it's so awesome and interesting. And I'm, I'm a big fan of like fantasy stories. So the dragon age series is honestly just, it's been one of my favorites since I was a kid. Now be real with me. Do you think it's an essential? Do you think it's one of those games that kind of stands the test of time and kind of like, I guess transcends generations much in the way of like the Witcher three does, I guess when you, when you talk about that game, like the storyline is obviously a huge, you know, component of why people recommend that game, but also, you know, it has this gameplay loop that is really easy to immerse yourself in. Would you say that dragon age, would you say it has this gameplay loop? I, that's usually really important for me. And you know, every time I put more than a hundred hours into a game, it usually kind of has this like gratifying dopamine hit constantly. Do you think that Dragon Age's gameplay and combat and, you know, navigation and world still holds up past the story, which does sound interesting? I think the world does. The The combat specifically, I do not think it ages well. It's it's honestly, mm -hmm. for the most part, pretty boring. Um, it's not even like how, how you can play games like CRPGs, like uh, New Age CRPGs, like Divinity Original Sin and Divinity 2 um, and like Pillars of Eternity, Pillars of Eternity Deadfire. Like these games all have very like they have varying degrees of combat. They have like old school combat, but with a new age tilt to it versus yeah. Dragon Age Origins specifically. It changes like in into an Inquisition, but Origins specifically, its combat is honestly kind of boring and not super like intensive like you you can actually probably get through most fights without doing much like you could just sit back click a button every now and then and your character pretty much will do exactly what you want them to so i i think it's gameplay does not stand the test of time but i think it's story and world very much okay it's 
I mean, that's interesting to know. Um, it's kind of the opposite of the next game that I wanted to talk about, which was, uh, well, kind of a combination of two games. Um, Infinity Blade 2 and Dokkan Battle. It's kind of, even though the comparisons are kind of tough to make to, to Dragon Age, having that sort of, like, I guess, direct gameplay input is something that's, like, super important to me. Infinity Blade 2 and Dragon Age sort of have similar, similar, um, like, not only, like, themes, but kind of designs with their characters. Like, they're very, like, almost, like, high medieval, um, and they're very easy to look at, and, like, the worlds are really easy to look at. Um, The thing about Infinity Blade 2 that I really liked about it, um, I think I clocked in maybe about 100 hours into it, um, as opposed to Dokkan Battle, which is purely just like a puzzle-driven game on iOS that I played for way too much, I think like 300 hours, um, was that they were mobile games, right? Dragon Age, it's obviously not a mobile game. You, you know, it's either it's on console or PC. I don't think it ever made its way to mobile, although a Switch port of Dragon Age would be pretty cool and I think a pretty good way to incentivize a new generation to kind of go back and uh, entertain those stories, which I think you know are cool you know it sounds like it's very up there with like the witcher storyline maybe not so much like game of thrones or like lord of the rings or um stuff like that but but no either way um yeah, i think it's I guess... for a remaster especially because they're working on dragon age 4 right now at bioware so i'm like mm-hmm. you think that they would want to get people accustomed to the series other than inquisition which was on current gen console it lived and died on i think Xbox 360, PS3, and then PC, right? It never had a remaster, I don't think. No, not yet. It's just like Mass Effect. Like, so far, we haven't seen a remaster of these. And they're pretty highly toted RPGs, so you'd think that they would do, like, a remaster remake scenario. Crossing my fingers, because I really want that shit. Even though I love playing it on PC. Right. Um... Yeah, I mean, that would be one way for me to go back and play right now, I think, because we're about to enter the Series X PS5 generation of games. It's even harder to go back and experience Origins, right? I mean, I guess it's on PC, but what if you don't have a PC? Like, I don't really have easy access to a gaming PC. Like, Barbara, she has a gaming PC, but, you know, she either plays games on it or is streaming. I have a Mac, which is you know, notoriously terrible at playing any sort of game above like Dota or something like that before it gets so hot, the colors literally change on the screen. So I don't even mess with that, right? But you know what is super accessible? Mobile games. Everyone has a phone. And because of that, Squarespace, I'm just kidding. Um, Infinity Blade 2. Like Because of that, Diablo Immortal, everyone should uh, play it. That's coming. That's coming. At some point, you... Well, I don't know if you're a fan, but I will definitely be playing Diablo Immortal because there's a chance that it has that Blizzard polish, man. If it has that Blizzard polish, it's on mobile, I'm into it. Um, Mobile games have a way of really getting me. Like, I know last episode we talked about Hearthstone, and I think 60 hours of that experience was spent on mobile, either on iPad or iPhone. It's super easy to just kind of... I mean, you know, there's a lot of different situations you can find yourself in where you have like 10, 15 minutes to play something. And Dragon Ball Dokkan Battle was like the epitome of that. You needed like two minutes to play that game. It required, I think, two to five minutes of your time to kind of catch up with everything. And if you had more time, then you kind of start getting into the um, mobile kind of gotcha mechanics of the game. Um, For context, like 
I, I I know very well how this sort of gameplay infrastructure works because I do work at a mobile puzzle game company. And so I know how easy it is to sink those hours into the game. And I know the design sort of elements that go into making games like that. And so when I, you know, when I tell you guys that I spent 300 hours on Dragon Ball Dokkan Battle, and if I were to kind of explain the design elements behind that, it would, it would make a whole lot of sense. Um, but I guess if I had to, if I had to kind of compare anything on my list to Dragon Age, I guess the, that kind of like third person kind of gritty RPG would probably be Dark Souls 1. And I know you're probably sitting there, guys, and you get, you know, you guys are thinking like, oh, how'd you spend 100 hours on Dark Souls 1? One thing you have to consider with Dark Souls 1 is that that game came out like a thousand times. It, it, it got the Skyrim treatment, right? Because it came out originally on Xbox 360. And then, well, it came out on, you know, Generation 7 of consoles. And then it, it's made, it made its yeah, way. Um, yeah. And then it, it made its way to the uh, next generation through the remaster. And then finally to the Nintendo Switch. And at some point, it had a Prepare to Die edition on PC. I never played that one. But I beat it two times on every single iteration that it came out sans the PC version. Which kind of, if you put it at 20 to 30 hours, that that definitely exceeds over 100 hours. And that game, it's, you know, it was it, it, like probably the same thing that you found yourself experiencing with Dragon Age. Is it was fun to start over. It was fun to experience the, not only the, you know, well, lack of storyline but it was it was it was fun to experience like the beats <laughs> of the gameplay and the story and like the boss fights and stuff over and over and over again some games just have that i i, I call it the mojo right um mass effect was really good at uh you know like there was a point in the middle of the game that you want to go back and experience but to do that you know you're okay with starting it all over again it's just that 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 game mojo which is you know very special and very it's not super easy to find and knowing that you kind of have like 10 to 15 hours to invest before you get to Ornstein and Smog again. And, you know, you kind of do it all over again because the thing with Dark Souls is that you don't really get a second chance to fight that boss again, right? There's no boss rush mode. And I don't think it's talked about that much. Not that it needs a boss rush mode, but if you beat Ornstein and Smog kind of by the, you know, hair on your chin and you want to go back and really kind of master that fight, you kind of start the game over again. And when you do start that game over again, you're presented with the idea of, do I want to do a melee build all over again? Or or do I want to do like a, a mage build or, you know, an archery sort of thing? Do I want to Castlevania it up and see how far I can get with the whip? And, you know, that game had an awesome mojo because it was all gameplay, right? It, you know, not really a lot of the game was inundated with cutscenes and stuff like that. So it kind of kept you coming back and I thought it was really cool. Um, I, I know I put in, uh, you know, my, my fair share of time with the Soul series. Maybe oof, way too much. But have you, um, have you, I don't think I've ever asked you if you had a chance to experience Dark Souls or Souls-likes or anything like that. I think you were going through it when we first started, like, recording, but I don't, I haven't heard an update from you in quite a while, I think, on Souls-likes. Dark Souls 3, I think it was? Yeah, I I played um for the most part my experience with them is like 2 3 like Bloodborne all that stuff. Um with Souls likes in general. I've I've played many more Souls likes, but the Dark Souls series by itself, I have played the least of Dark Souls mm -hmm. 1, mostly because like it came um it came on the the PS3 and when I had first played it, it was actually like way after it had released and it was I think when dragon age inquisition came out and i was playing it on my ps3 so like i played it way 
after mm. it released because a friend of mine was super into the Dark Souls series. Like Dark Souls 2, I think, was out at the time. Um, and I I got a little bit into it, but initially when I started playing, I, I didn't like I wasn't hankering for something that was that hard, like that difficult. I I found the difficulty curve kind of annoying. But in recent years, I've actually really wanted to go back to it. I want to purchase the Dark Souls remaster um, on like PC and everything so I can actually go through and experience Dark Souls. And I'm, I'm oh, so totally excited should. for the Demon Souls remake or remaster on, on PS5. Ooh. But yeah, oh, we could totally call out that. Sadly, <laughs> I, I sadly have yet to actually like really get into into dark souls but i do understand the the kind of like replayability that it has especially with its combat where like having only played the the like the latter games going through and i initially made like heavy shield and like a two hand but in one hand builds and i always liked that kind of gameplay but when i started over like later on I tried like a lighter armor and still a heavy shield, but using a long sword. And eventually I'm going to mm. get to magic, but magic system, the magic system in dark souls is fucking crazy. So yeah, yeah. I, I do very much agree that it has kind of like that has that juge as we call it on indie pod. It's got a little bit of spice that makes the combat <laughs> so interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, one game that I was curious about to, to, I guess, ask you if it has that zhuzh, that mojo, is something called Spectrobes. <laughs> I purposefully yeah. have not looked this game up, but apparently it, it's caused you to put hundreds of hours into it. So do tell, like, what is Spectrobes and why the hell have you played so much of it? The thing I found so funny about this was that at the end of last episode, the when DS we game? first hundred hour games thing. Yeah, you were like, you're like, what Probably the fuck you. is Spectrum? I know, I know this, I know this box art. I'm not happy about this. It's so uh, good. Okay. Oh my god. All right. I, I love it so much. Mm. It's like it's a creature collecting game similar to something like like a, like a Pokemon or like more yeah. recently like like Nexomon, Fossil Fighters, stuff like that. Like uh, Dragon's Crown's coming up soon out of early access, but um, it's it's very much like that. But it was the first game that I had actually played, and the thing that really brought to like made me like it more as a creature collecting game, in my opinion, than Pokemon, which people mm. are gonna have issues with. Not saying it's a better game than Pokemon just saying I like it more and the series more is that to collect spectrobes, they're actually these like ancient creatures that you have to revitalize from fossils. So you have to dig them out of the ground and you can actually increase or decrease their, like their actual kind of efficiency in battle. And as like a companion by damaging their fossils. So it had like, it was the first time I ever played an excavation, like mini game. Where you have to go through and you have to break through the layers of rock and slowly, like under a time limit, carve away while trying not to damage the fossil. And like you had to blow on the screen to like get everything off so you knew then what you were going after. And you had to do the same thing for power ups where you had to dig for different, like basically jewels that you then fed to your spectrobes and they would level up and evolve. It was just so cool. Like, Honestly, I think people like it gets a bad rap for being like this this Disney game that was eventually just like shelved and never brought back again. And like lo- like the the looming shadow of Pokemon, the the all time great like creature collector, like monster tamer. So um, I, I think it gets kind of a bad rap because of that. But I personally adore 
the Spectro series. I think it's so fun. Um, you, it, it's so weird. Like these, these forces of like darkness come out of like deep space, essentially. I, I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but they, they come out and they like start to wreak havoc on your society. And the only way to combat them is by basically like becoming a, like a Spectrobes tamer, essentially. I, I need to replay. I, I really need to replay the series because I'm definitely just talking out my ass and I don't know a lot of the storyline. Cause I played this and I was like, fuck 13. But oh, I would like to read so you the plot. Let me allow me to read you oh, the plot it's... synopsis. <laughs> Out on a routine mission, <laughs> Nanero planetary patrol officers Rowlin and Gina respond. Fine, nothing wrong so far. Respond to a strange distress signal and discover the wreckage of an escape capsule in which an old man has been in cryogenic sleep for over a decade. Let's discuss that for a second. What would you do if you're just like out getting a fucking Chipotle and like you're in the forest all of a sudden and you see an escape capsule with an old guy in it? I mean, to be fair, they're not on like, it's their job to do this kind of shit. Like it it would be kind of like if a police officer came across it. Like, but yeah, if I was just (laughs) out like getting a freaking burrito and came across an old man frozen in ice or some shit, I'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to. Here's where this sounds like the second paragraph where it's the second paragraph where it kind of starts to lose me. And it's a. legibility after fighting after fighting the crawl on five of nanero's seven planets so five out of seven fractions rollins boss commander grant reveals that the crawl had established a base on the seventh planet not of the original five planets mado however their spaceship is incapable of reaching this planet. I get it. Okay. It it sounds like I, I, I get the game and I see that it was it had a sequel on DS and then it had a Wii game. And I could totally see how this is a probably a hidden gem. I could totally see that. One hundred percent. I don't know why you're talking shit then, bro. What's up, dude? Like, no, I just think cool? that the I just think that the synopsis <laughs> is one of those things where it's a rare moment where I don't know anything about it, and the synopsis probably just reads fucking hilariously. <laughs> but oh yeah, I, it's it, coming yeah. into like anything with zero knowledge on the series, you'd just be like, "What does that even mean?" Like, not it's kind it of like explaining like- Pokemon to your mom. Where you're just like, it's like you. there were these monsters that you enslave and you force them to fight other monsters. And they're like, but why? And you're like, why not? Like, just do it. looks it. like a sequel it's came a out. Game. Did you ever play the sequel? Yeah, Beyond the Portals. I loved it. I thought it was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, oh. One of the, the coolest things about the series is actually, um, I'm trying to remember what they're called. They're essentially artifacts, but they're like ultimate abilities that you have to go and like find throughout the world and this was when like when i was playing this what i i don't believe i think i had internet but i didn't know exactly how to use it or like there weren't a lot of guides and stuff like that so you had to find these throughout the world and there was one of them like my friend and i were super into spectrobes and we like we were playing and one of them because we were trying to collect all of these different like the these different like ultimate abilities um and there's this essentially like arena where you had to get through, I think, a hundred different battles in a row. And then oh, at God. the end of it, you actually got one of these like relics. But we didn't actually know. We just had heard like rumors about it. I think we heard it at like a GameStop or something. So we just sat there grinding for freaking hours, like 
tens, tens of hours trying to get through basically like this Tower of Trapayam to try to get to the top to get this freaking relic that then ended up, I believe, either being like this gigantic minotaur with a hammer that would like mm-hmm. smash down. It was a really cool animation or it was like this weird robotic squid that would shoot lasers out of its tentacles. But I adore Spectrums. I think it's so cool. They need to make more Spectrums in, especially because the excavation mechanic is so cool. Like it later came up in Fossil Fighters, which I also played, which I thought was awesome, which is essentially the same concept, but you play, you, you've battled with dinosaurs. Um, and then later on, like they had it even in the Pokemon series with the Underground. And I thought that was so cool. And I actually thought the Underground was going to come back up in, uh, the most recent Pokemon game, Sword and Shield, because I had initially like looked at the trailer and when they went into the mines, you saw the gems in the walls and that kind of looked like the underground. And I was like, oh shit, yeah. But it didn't happen. It was just that kind of stuff. I personally really love games, I think between the year 2000 and 2010 that came out on in that generation between, I think, like PS2, GameCube, Xbox and Wii DS, because especially games from Japan that came out around that time because they were doing a bunch of wacky, just a bunch of wacky shit, right? Like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon and, you know, your the game, you know, in, in Spectrum, like whenever you had to do the hundred stage thing kind of reminded me of in the original dark cloud on ps2 um great game by level five and it's never going to get a sequel i'm going to cry about it until the day i die had a hundred hour dungeon that was super (laughs) fun that um like i don't think i spent over a hundred hours on dark cloud while i could talk about dark cloud for 45 minutes straight if i wanted to when i don't think I've, i've spent maybe close to like 80 hours on that game and we can do a whole separate episode on like games that deserve sequels but yeah, no, I, 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 I get the notion of like hidden gems like that. And it, that kind of leads me to um, Rogue Galaxy, which was a game that came out in 2007, 2008 and was kind of a late PS2 game, but also kind of had like this interesting for I guess for a little bit of context, like Rogue Galaxy was, for lack of a better term, um, as close to Dark Cloud 3 as we're going to get and you know, from level five before they went on to White Knight Chronicles on PS3, et cetera, et cetera. But it also kind of had a lot of really cool, like, mini games. Dark Cloud 2 kind of had, like, fishing mini games, um, not really super related to Spectros, but you could catch fish, raise them up, fight them. You could have them make fish babies that then you could train to, like, go fight. So, like, you know, games like that, uh, especially, you know, Japanese games had mini games that were really cool. They had these mechanics that were all kind of related to um, like some sort of like collection metagame. And like you, probably I'm a sucker for those types of metagames and games. But Rogue Galaxy, you know, it had a creature collecting metagame, which I I would actually kind of imagine that, you know, probably shared some similarities with Spectrobes. I don't know who's to say, but that's another game I spent over a hundred hours on. Um, not really too much to mention there just because it is just a traditional JRPG that is just long as shit. And the only reason it's on my list is because I set up my PS2 a few months ago. I popped in the rogue galaxy CD CD. It's a weird thing to say, but I popped in rogue galaxy. I saw my old save file was 108 hours because I had wanted to replay it. I saw 108, eight hours and I was like, that's not going to happen. So anyway, but yeah, no, um, I mean, 
I think it's interesting whenever, you know, we see a JRPG go over 100 hours because it's almost like the norm. Like, you can easily drop 100 hours into Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy X, Legend of Dragoon. And I'm kind of surprised that those never hit our list because um, I guess JRPGs, while being a part of my childhood, I don't think I spent over 100 hours on any of them. I don't know if you have. Correct me if I'm wrong. In a JRPG? No. Huh? Yeah, no. Not even a little bit. I'm, I've am i never really been into JRPGs, to be completely honest. Like, every time I've tried to get, like, tried to, to sink a lot of time into them, I just haven't. But I would be remiss to move on past Rogue Galaxy without saying that you haven't brought up that it's freaking Pirates in Space, bro. What? It's Pirates in Space. It's, it's super so cool. cool. Yeah. It's Pirates, it's Pirates in Space, man. It has, really, it has a really cool theme. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy that you knew what I was talking about. Have you, have you had a chance to play that game? I, I don't think a lot of people have. No, I've almost... I've, I've never played it, but I've almost bought it, like, 45 times. So I go to this, mm-hmm. like, local... Like, uh, it's a local video game store. And I've looked at Rogue Galaxy oh. so many times. And, like, it's complete inbox. It's got the... It's got... It's, mm. like... It's what is it like the little booklet um, uh, in, yeah. on the inside? The case looks great. It's got great art, but they wanted, I think, like between 20 and 40 dollars for it. And I'm like, I can't justify spending that much money on a PS2 game that I'm probably never going to play. But the game just looks so interesting to me. I love the concept of Pirates in Space, especially since I'm a diehard freaking Treasure Planet is the best Disney movie ever made fan. Oh, wow. So, just saying by the way you would love that you would, i will argue with you you uh, it, hey i i understand hidden gems just as much as the next guy but uh i've never seen treasure planet uh so it could either change my world or not if i had seen it i'm not sure i have no input on this but rogue <laughs> galaxy is really great um it's i know it's too much of a buy-in but um, I don't think I would recommend it more than Dark Cloud 2, which is just a really special game. It's my second favorite game of all time. I think you guys probably know that. Right behind Onimusha. But anyway, so um, I we are kind of running out of time here just a little bit. Um, the last game that, well, yeah, the last game that we, I wanted to talk to you about because you and I both played it. Uh, you played it over the 100-hour mark. Me, I might have. I'm not 100% sure. It's kind of logged itself into obscurity in my brain but runescape runescape i feel like there's no way you played runescape and you didn't put a hundred hours into it bro runescape is so good even now yeah i don't i don't know I, i i remember playing it socially with my friends from junior high and i got up to maybe level 56 so if you were to run into me kind of out in the wild my my character's name would be in red I don't know if that's worth 100 hours, but I got up there. <laughs> I mean, RuneScape was just so awesome. Like, I, I, it was the first MMO I ever played, like, as a kid. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the whole having to, like, click to move thing. I always found that annoying. But the constant, like, having wow. something to do, the constant progression of skills, like, and you didn't have to make new characters to do anything. You could just max out a single character. You're like, you know what, today... I'm going to train on my archery. I'm going to cut wood. I'm going to do all sorts of stupid miscellaneous tasks because why not? It's super fun. Like I've got nothing else to do. And have you played RuneScape recently? Because it's actually still quite a big game. No, I see advertisements for it all the time, but no, I actually uh, have not gone back to play it yet. 
I've played it recently. It's called like RuneScape 3 now because it's the third iteration of RuneScape. It no longer uh. actually has that kind of like um that that kind of like really idle combat where you would just go in and you would just like attack attack and you're like okay i have to eat whatever now they've actually moved mm -hmm. it to more of a, an mmo like tab targeting scenario where you actually have like abilities on an on a like a quick bar and everything a lot of my friends don't like it for that reason like runescape 3 they'd rather play old school runescape which you could still play, like, if you're a member, you can play Old School RuneScape, and you can actually even play it on your phone, which is pretty cool. Without, like, a browser, you can just pick it up in the App Store, I believe. This is not an ad but for RuneScape. I... No, it's not. I'm just a big fan. I love RuneScape. <laughs> I think it's so fun, and it's it's one of the few games that's, like, it has actual quests. Like, in, in most games, it's just like, oh, the quest here is go kill five of this enemy and bring me back its ass. And you're just like, okay, that's weird. I don't know why you <laughs> want that. But <laughs> I guess you want to make a hat or something. That's cool. Versus RuneScape, it's like, no, you there. You go into this creepy mansion and you have to find out what's happening with it, and you have to go through and try to collect these weird like pieces, like a rubber hose and like a watering can and all sorts of stuff, to then find out what is actually going on in this mansion. And you eventually get to the basement and you find out that there's a freaking vampire in there that will also eat your ass. So it's so interesting and so awesome. RuneScape's questing structure is so, it's just so awesome. I love it so much. Mm. Like RuneScape is one of the few games of my childhood that I go back to and I'm like, this game is just as good as I remembered it. There is no like rose tinted goggles. There's none of that. Rose tinted glasses, however you want to say it. There, there's none of that. It's not tainted by nostalgia. It's just good. It's a good game. So they nailed it. And I think, yeah, I think with that, I think with that, we've uh, come to the end of our list of 100 hour games. Um, RuneScape. Uh, I think I'm starting to notice like, a little bit of a pattern. I think you kind of like the whole sword and shield uh, dichotomy of games, but uh, we'll, we'll, I'm a big, we'll dive into that. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fantasy fan. Yeah. Yeah. With with the end of uh, our list here, I kind of wanted to ask you, um, is there a game that you know you would really love and enjoy, but the hour count has kind of put you off of it? Because for me, I do have one game where I would probably really like it because of the uh, theme, ideology, setting, characters, and just overall premise of the game, and that is Persona 5, but it's just too long oh for me. Oh my god, do you dude, have anything we like to say the same fucking game. I knew it. I was oh my fuck! Persona Five. Fuck. Well, that answers that. Okay, great. So yeah, dude. Um, you probably share my exact sentiments. It's like I know I'd love it, right? I put in maybe thirty hours into Persona Four, made no progress into it, and I was like, "This isn't for me, dude. I can't do it." I've I've done literally the exact same thing. Like I played Persona what? Four. I was like, awesome. And I played some of Persona, like, we had the exact same experience, honestly. It's pretty cool. That's incredible. Um, wow. I Holy played shit. <laughs> a decent amount of Persona 4, and you you just get to a point where you're like, okay, this is just the biggest oh my, like, oh my god, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so cool, but it's just so much time. And then people talking about Persona 5 saying it's amazing, like, it's got this great story, mm -hmm. great characters, and I'm like, that's cool, dude, but I don't know where I'd find a hundred hours. I don't know how I people know. in the games industry have a hundred hours to play persona five. 
I'm like, dude, I just talk about freaking indie games and I don't have any time other than playing indie games. Like it's impossible. I don't understand how they have a hundred hours to play persona five twice because then it came out with the Royal and I'm like, how the fuck are you playing it again? Ironically, if, if there were ever a time to experience persona five, it would be in the next two to three months because we are experiencing fucking gaming drought uh, before cyberpunk and nothing's coming out. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I just, I've, I don't know anybody that's actually played that game. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Cause it's so long except Andrew <laughs> Gold, Andrew Goldfarb on, uh, I think uh podcast beyond he's played that game three times in a row back to back. And I was like, I don't even understand that mentality. He played it once in Japanese, I think. Or something crazy like that. Okay, yeah. So you've listened to that episode too. And he went back and then played on like on played gold, not golden, uh, royal. And yeah, it's one of those games where I'm just like, fuck. I'd probably really, really like it. And I've even resorted to like watching the cutscenes on YouTube, but it's not the same. It sucks, man. I just wish they would. I just wish they would make the game forty hours. Like what they should have done somehow. I guess I don't even know if there was a way to make this possible. I'm not a JRPG developer, but make like a forty hour cut. For the rest of us? I don't know. Atlas? Come on. Right? I don't know. Honestly, as far as I've gotten with it, and I know they're far different, but I've watched, like, um, I purchased Persona 4, the animation, and I understand it's different than Persona 4, the game, but I'm like, okay, yep. cool. I want to know about the story and the characters, and I felt like it was a good way to do that because I actually found them very endearing and very much enjoyed it. And I think I'm going to do the same with Persona 5. I And I honestly think, eventually... 10 years down the road where I have a real games industry job and apparently also have time. That is when I will play the persona games because Holy crap, they say they take so much time. They say that whenever you become a games journalist, you get four hours added to the clock that actual human beings don't have so that you can play fucking persona four three times back to back and review it for <laughs> IGN and then give it a nine and then it comes out on PC and you give it an eight and it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, <laughs> rage uh, rage i'll play it one day right i used to do that with the witcher 3 me and my friend had a running gag where like i told him i would because the witcher 3 is also like 100 hours long i told him that i would play it on my deathbed it'd be the last video game i ever played before settling into this endless night but then my coworker gave me the copy and i was like okay well i guess this means i have to play it and dude the thing about that that month was everything was put on hold and i don't want to do that again I couldn't, everyone was talking about like Final Fantasy 7 remake and Doom Eternal and Resident Evil 3. And I was like, I'm playing The Witcher 3 though. I don't, this sucks. I don't know. Anyway. So anyway, I feel like we've had a great discussion on 100 hour games. We're obviously, you know, at 55 minutes, we're nearing the end of the episode. Um, Quick update for me. We, well, I just put out a, I guess maybe like 20 to 22 minute dialogue on coronavirus and how it has impacted my ability to play games and besides that elder talks games is a chugging um i now that i have a podcasting desk and that i'm not recording in a closet i have some pretty interesting content (laughs) ideas that i will probably you know present to you and obviously to the audience if you know, if, if all goes well. So um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take up any more of your time, but, you know, I just have some fun ideas now and uh, would really like to get this whole podcasting things going because setting is a huge deal. And if you're podcasting in a closet, the process of podcasting can kind of start to become 
um, less than favorable because you're moving so much into the closet and you're fucking recording in a closet. So anyway, <laughs> um, we so we got your update on everything and we got my update. Um, yeah, man, uh, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Do you have any parting words or anything you want to bestow upon our uh, 60 to 100 uh, subscribers before we uh, head out for the day? Um, I just once again want to say, I know I said it at the beginning of it, but make sure you check out my other podcasts at IndiePod on Twitter and at GoBeyondPod on Twitter, My Hero Academia, Indie Games. Uh, IndiePod is growing and I'm very, very excited about it. I think it's amazing. Constantly spreading the word about indie games. And also, I don't you worry. You're not taking up more of my time, dude. I, I love hanging out and talking to you. I think it's amazing. So if you want to do more, I'll do more. Don't you worry. Like, I'll find time. I don't have time, but I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it. We're really excited for that 100, uh, 100 episode. And uh, yeah, I think with that, we're going to go ahead and cut this one. Um, my name is Eldar Basic, and this was Von Hyde, and it's been a pleasure talking to your ear holes. Welcome to the club, and we'll see you next time.